BLM moves from statues to churches, Colin Kaepernick uses capitalism to secure a movie deal, and Trump goes from best speech to not-so-subtle tweet. All that and more on this episode of The Johnny Ray Show. Welcome to the second episode of the Johnny Ray Show. BLM has moved from tearing down statues in search of equality to harassing churchgoers and admitting some black lives don't matter. More on that in just a moment, but first... Today, podcasts are all the rage. Everyone wants a voice, and now Anchor has given you that voice. Anchor is the easiest way to podcast, whether it's political or fun, about parenting, or just your day-to-day routine. Anchor is the free, easy way to get heard. Anchor allows you to create, edit, and publish your podcast right from your smartphone or your computer. Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so you don't have to. It's everything you need to create a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. So do you remember like, I don't know, five minutes ago when the Black Lives Matter movement swore that it was nonviolent and only protesting equality and oppression and police brutality? Well, over the last few weeks, they've all, well, they've actually admitted that only some Black Lives Matter. I swear, you can't make this stuff up. So Terry Crews came under fire for tweeting that... Black Lives Matter might not be the greatest thing as a movement. Um, He said, let's see, he said, If you are a child of God, you are my brother and sister. I have family of every race, creed, and ideology. We must ensure that hashtag Black Lives Matter doesn't morph into hashtag Black Lives Better. He then followed it up with, Are all white people bad? No. Are all black people good? No. Knowing this reality, I stand on my decision to unite with good people, no matter the race, creed, or ideology. Given the number of threats against this decision, I also decide to die on this hill. I mean, that seems like a great stance. I feel like that should be a stance that everybody should take. That it it's not all white people bad, all black people good. It's some some people are bad and some people are good, but the majority, the vast, vast majority of people are good. And and yet the Black Lives Matter movement and the supporters of that movement seem to think the exact opposite. They seem to think that that if it's white and it's not screaming Black Lives Matter, that it's somehow racist. It's it's bad. If you say all lives matter, bad. He also tweeted, defeating white supremacy without white people creates black supremacy. Equality is the truth. Like it or not, we are all in this together. And yet, he is coming under fire by other black people. He, he's tweeted out that he's been called an Uncle Tom and a coon for standing with all lives matter, all people matter, not just black lives he he went on Don Lemon and he doubled down. He he supported that. He defended that. And Don Lemon pretty much told him that he was wrong and that only black lives matter. But it's not just black lives that matter. It's some black lives matter. They don't talk about how the Chicago child death rate in just two weeks has has been the equivalent of all unarmed black deaths by white cops in the whole year of 2019. There were nine children in Chicago that have been killed by other black people in two weeks. In just two weeks. Last year, in 2019, nine unarmed black men were killed by white cops. In two weeks, the children 
of the exact same number has died as all of the year of 2019. It's a bit crazy to think about that, but it is. But those black lives didn't matter. Where's black lives matter at when those children die? When they weren't killed by white cops? It's a narrative that they are pushing. Terry Crews joins me now. Terry, man, hey. you stepped in it. <laughs> you say that you're willing. Yeah. To, you say you're willing to die on this hill. You've taken a lot of heat for this. Explain what you are thinking uh, and why it's so important that you die on this hill. Well, again, you know, I want to bring up the fact that you know there are some very, very you know, militant type forces in Black Lives Matter. And what I was issuing was a warning. You know, it's one of those things where I've been a part of different groups, I've been a part of different things, and you see how extremes can really get, can go far and can go wild. And then when you issue a warning, and when a warning is seen as detrimental to the movement, how can you ever, ever have checks and balances working with other whites and other uh, other races, they're, they're being viewed as sellouts or called Uncle Toms. It starts to, starts to, you start to understand that you are now, you know, being controlled. You're not being treated as loved. You're actually being controlled. Someone wants to control the narrative. And I viewed it as a very, very dangerous self-righteousness that was developing that you know, that, that really viewed themselves as better. It was a, almost a supremacist move. So let, let me jump where in, Where they Terry. viewed that For, black, their black lives mattered a lot more than mine. Okay. So let me jump in here. There's a lot that you said. Um, you, you think black lives matter is, you said it's a, you think it's an extreme movement? This is the thing. It's a great mantra. It's a true mantra. Black lives do matter. Matter. But when you're talking about an organization, you're talking about the leaders, you're talking about the people who are responsible okay, for I got putting you. these I things got you. together. I got you. So let me put you, you, Terry, you realize that even during the civil rights movement that uh, Dr. King was seen as extreme. That movement was seen as extreme. To people who don't want to make change, um, movements are seen as extreme. You can paint them easily as an extreme when they are not. No, Don. No. You cannot compare the Black Lives Matter movement of 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, and 2020 to Martin Luther King. That is a ridiculous comparison. That is exactly what the left does. They take one extreme and try and compare it to a different extreme. Martin Luther King was about peaceful protests. He was about nonviolence. He was the epitome of nonviolence. You idiot. He he said I don't know how many times nonviolent nonviolent that how could you possibly compare Nonviolent Martin Luther King marching down the the streets in protest of of civil rights to burning cop cars, destroying buildings, and tearing down the history of the country that allows you to do that. It, it, ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Here, it, thank God, somebody like Terry Crews. From now on, I'm calling Terry Crews Dr. Terry Crews. He is the new Martin Luther King, in my opinion. This is what he had to say in response to that ridiculous comparison by Don Lemon. Oh, great CNN, quote-unquote, journalist. This is very true, but also, when you're talking about MLK... You talk about Nelson Mandela and even Malcolm X. They all realized that you had to have a non-racial component to these kind of movements, or there will be resentment. There will be get back. There will be one of these people will tend to listen. I don't want to move from one oppressor 
to the Nets. And just when you think that Don Lemon can't be any dumber, can't say anything more idiotic, he opens his mouth and proves you wrong. Listen to this. When I, when I describe this, when you look in the city of Chicago, there are nine children who've died by gun violence, by black-on-black -black gun violence with, from June 20th all the way to today. And you're talking about even with the Atlanta child murders, there were 28 kids who, were, who died during, in two years. You're talking about a month, and you have nine black kids. And the Black Lives Matter movement has said nothing about this What does that have thing? to do you with know? equality, though, yeah. Terry? I, have to tell, I don't understand what that has to do with equality, because they're, they're, listen, there's crime. There are people in those communities who are, those people aren't just being nonchalant about, about gun violence. I lived in Chicago. There are many people who are working in those communities to try to get rid of the gun violence. It's pr the gun culture in this, in this country is prevalent, but I don't understand what that has to do with a movement that's for equality for black people. It's, it, it, there, it's not mutually exclusive that if you care about equality for black people, that somehow you're going to stop um, random violence or unfortunately kids from being shot. It just seems like apples and oranges. Yes, Don. Apples to oranges. That's right. Saying black lives matter and then not caring about a particular subset of black lives sure makes a lot of sense, doesn't it, Don? You know, I, just, I, I can't fathom, I can't fathom the fact that the, the far left and the Black Lives Matter supporters actually buy in to what they're saying. It, I, I guess you don't have to have an IQ prerequisite to join Black Lives Matter. Because if I say all lives matter, that means all lives. Black, white, brown, orange, yellow, green, and purple. I don't understand. If you say black lives matter, shouldn't you care about the fact that there are black lives, innocent black lives being taken? I, I guess I have too much logic for this, for this entire movement. Because to say that black lives matter and then turn a blind eye to black lives being taken seems a bit ridiculous to me. But Don Lemon goes even further and doubles down. Take a listen. Because I even challenged it, because I even questioned and warned okay, people, Terry, I, I became sick. Like, I, if I, I told get you it. to wear a mask, but Terry, they want to kick you out. You're, you're a high-profile person. You're writing things out there. You know you're going to get backlash. You know people are going to respond to what you're saying on Twitter. So I just, I don't think you should be surprised by that. I, you know, I have a, a skin as tough as an armadillo because of what I do. And I think maybe you should adapt that. But here's, here's what I have to say. Um, the Black Lives Matter movement was started because it was talking about police brutality. If you want an all Black Lives Matter movement that talks about gun violence in communities, including, you know, black communities, then start that movement with that name. But that's not what Black Lives Matter is about. It's not an all-encompassing. So let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. The Black Lives Matter movement is only focusing on police brutality. Um... Let's see, do you remember about five minutes ago, and by five minutes ago I mean literally like five minutes ago, when they were tearing down statues of Robert E. Lee, Ulysses S. Grant, Theodore Roosevelt, I don't remember any of them being a member of a police department. I don't even remember a police department being established when those men were alive so for you to tell anybody that black lives matter is about police brutality and only focusing on police brutality that is the most ridiculous thing you could possibly have said until you completed your statement, take a listen.
So if you're talking about, um, if, if someone started a movement that said, uh, cancer matters, and then someone comes in and said, why aren't you talking about HIV? It's not the same thing. We're talking about cancer. So the Black Lives Matter movement is about police brutality and injustice in that manner, not about what's happening in black neighborhoods. If you, there are people who are working on that issue, and if you want to start that issue, why don't you start it? So if the Black Lives Matter movement is only dealing with police brutality, then why didn't they call it police brutality victim Black Lives Matter? Or, or black lives victimized by police matter? Or something to that effect. Why would you put a general title to a movement that only focuses on a portion of the people? Like last year, nine. Nine out of 365 days, nine unarmed black men. And you can't even count all of them because just because they're unarmed doesn't necessarily mean that they're not a violent threat to the police officers' lives, i.e. Michael Garner, uh, Freddie Gray, I mean, the list goes on, Trayvon Martin, who kicked off the Black Lives Matter movement, wasn't even killed by a cop. Yes, those are the poster boys that you guys should be defending. But it just befuddles me at how... You can say black lives matter, which sounds a lot like all black lives matter, right? But it only focuses on a small portion, just a small portion of the black lives. Speaking of that, let's move on to the next event of the Black Lives Matter movement and, and the church in Troy, New York, Grace Baptist Church where the Black Lives Matter movement stood outside and protested, if that's what you want to call it, the people going in to Grace Baptist Church. Among those people, black people, a black pastor, and the white woman who was trying to go to church with her small children. Take a listen to how that evolved. that for numerous minutes in this video outside of a Baptist church. Don't you think that those words would hold just a little more validity, just a little more credibility if they were, say, outside of a Planned Parenthood? You know, the organization that murders millions of babies every year, hundreds of thousands being African-American black babies every year, don't you think Save Those Kids would have more credibility outside of that as opposed to a Baptist church? 
But they don't believe that. They don't want to save kids, no. Because it doesn't it doesn't fit their narrative to save the babies being murdered by Planned Parenthood. It only fits their narrative to save the kids outside of a church who doesn't support the Black Lives Matter movement. And and this is how they react. This is how the left, extreme left, the Black Lives Matter, the Antifas, the far left, this is how they react to try and push their narrative. Sources said that the social media post that was posted by Grace Baptist Church on Twitter showed the Black Lives Matter movement harassing both black and white churchgoers verbally harassing them and assaulting them outside they were blocking the entrance not allowing people to go in people actually had to ask for members higher members of the church to escort them in because they were in fear of their lives they then began to ridicule the pastor who was standing outside trying to get them to disperse and, and leave by then telling them you don't allow everybody into your church so that he had to allow them to get inside so then they went inside and began protesting and yelling and screaming and disrupting the services inside the church they haven't released why they were protesting that specific church although some Media reports say that Grace Baptist Church gave away an AR-15 rifle as a prize in the church raffle last month. In the video posted on social media, the protesters have called the church members racist, but do not mention the AR-15 raffle, so it's unclear whether or not that is the case. In another video, a church member attempted to go up the church steps, but is assaulted by the protesters. The church pastor jumps in the fray and was apparently assaulted, according to the Daily Wire. How's your head feel, pastor? One protester taunted. It, it's, it's crazy that they will assault and victimize and harass anybody who doesn't agree with them, but the minute anybody stands against them, such as like Terry Crews, they're up in arms. They don't understand why he would he would question them. It's a bit narcissistic, if you ask me. I mean, it's crazy to think that a group of individuals and it's a it's a growing group at this rate. It is it's growing every day it seems like. I mean, they're they're all walks of life are joining this movement and they're they're the type that if you don't agree with them, you'll be labeled a racist, a xenophobe, uh, a bigot. You'll be assaulted. You'll be harassed. You'll be doxxed. You'll be canceled if you're, you know, on TV or in music or or in movies or you're in a high up position. But if you try to fight fire with fire, you're labeled bad. You're you're listed as a horrible person. It's ridiculous. And speaking of the narrative of Black Lives Matter, the the one who kind of started it all, kind of kicked it off, Colin Kaepernick, has actually signed a movie deal with Hulu and Netflix and, and Disney to do a docu-series. It says here that... Colin Kaepernick will be featured in an exclusive docu-series produced by ESPN Films as a part of a first-look deal with the Walt Disney Company. It says the deal between Kaepernick and production arm Raw Vision Media and Disney was announced this past Monday. It says the partnership will focus on telling scripted and unscripted stories that explore race, social injustice, and the quest for equity. It will also provide a platform to showcase the work of minority directors and producers. 
One said, I am excited to announce this historic partnership with Disney across all of its platforms to elevate black and brown directors, creators, storytellers, and producers, and to inspire the youth with compelling and authentic perspectives. Kaepernick said, I look forward to sharing the docu-series of my life story in addition to many other culturally impactful projects we are developing. Despite being exiled from the NFL since 2016, when he took a knee during the national anthem to protest police brutality and racial inequality, Kaepernick still wants to play. That was a, a snippet from ESPN. You know, only in a capitalist society can a second-rate, second-string quarterback go from riding the bench with the San Francisco 49ers making millions to Nike spokesperson making millions and millions to a movie deal with Disney and ESPN and Hulu making millions and millions and millions. You think in a socialist society, which the woke left pushes vehemently, do you think Colin could do that? If America was so systematically racist and black people were so systematically oppressed, could Colin do that? No. The answer is no. We couldn't. Black people, if, if it was systematically oppressing black people, no black person would ever make it into the millionaire bracket, let alone make it into a Disney and ESPN and Hulu deal to make movies and docuseries making millions. If, if America was systematically racist, we wouldn't have had a black president for eight years. We wouldn't have 50 Cent, Jay-Z, Nas, any of these, Tupac, for crying out loud, would never have made it. If America was so systematically racist, black people would never have money. Because that's what systematically racist is by definition is to keep a, a culture, a, a person of color, down. If we allow them to rise up to be millionaires, then we can't be systematically racist. And I've yet to have a leftist be able to explain this to me. If we're systematically racist, say for the sake of argument, we are systematically racist in America. Who runs every system in America? Who runs our education system? Liberals. Who runs our banking system? Liberals. Who runs the police unions? Liberals. If we're so systematically racist, who would, who would be responsible for that? Liberals. If you take a look at all of the the cities that have huge numbers of black-on-black -black violence, they are all Democratic-ran cities with Democratic-run police departments, with Democratic-run mayors, with Democratic governors. You take just one, take Chicago, and it would take five conservative-ran states to equal the amount of crime, violence, and suppression as it does one Democratic-ran city. Look at the numbers. Black-on-black -black death rate in Chicago is over 65% of the violent crimes. It would take the entire state of Texas, Oklahoma, Florida. It would take all of those states combined to equal that high of a, of a violent record of black-on-black -black crime and death. The numbers don't lie. Democrat-ran cities and states... New York City, L.A., Chicago, Detroit, Baltimore, 
all of those are Democratic-ran cities that have the highest black-on-black -black crime, black-on-black -black death rate, and black-on-black -black violence. It's a proven statistical fact. If you don't believe me, look it up. If I'm wrong, you let me know in the comments. You message me on Facebook, hit me on Twitter, and I will publicly admit that I'm wrong. But I know you won't, because I know you can't. And on to President Donald Trump, who went from one of the greatest, if not the greatest, speech he has given since taking office. It is time for our politicians to summon the bravery and determination of our American ancestors. It is time. It is time to plant our flag and to protect the greatest of this nation for citizens of every race, in every city, and every part of this glorious land. For the sake of our honor, for the sake of our children, for the sake of our union, we must protect and preserve our history, our heritage, and our great heroes. Here tonight, before the eyes of our forefathers, Americans declare again, as we did 244 years ago, that we will not be tyrannized, we will not be demeaned, and we will not be intimidated by bad, evil people. It will not happen. We will proclaim the ideals of the Declaration of Independence, and we will never surrender the spirit and the courage and the cause of July 4th, 1776. Upon this ground, we will stand firm and unwavering in the face of lies meant to divide us, demoralize us, and diminish us. We will show that the story of America unites us, inspires us, includes us all, and makes everyone free. We must demand that our children are taught once again to see America as did Reverend Martin Luther King when he said that the founders had signed a promissory note to every future generation. Dr. King saw that the mission of justice required us to fully embrace our founding ideals. Those ideals are so important to us. The founding ideals. He called on his fellow citizens not to rip down their heritage, but to live up to their heritage. We are the country of Andrew Jackson, Ulysses S. Grant, and Frederick Douglass. We are the land of Wild Bill Hickok and Buffalo Bill Cody. We are the nation that gave rise to the Wright brothers, the Tuskegee Airmen, Harriet Tubman, Clara Barton, Jesse Owens, George Patton, General George Patton, the great Louis Armstrong, Alan Shepard, Elvis Presley, and Muhammad Ali. And only America could have produced them all. No other place. So today, under the authority vested in me as President of the United States, I am announcing the creation of a new monument to the giants of our past. I am signing an executive order to establish the National Guard of American Heroes, a vast outdoor park that will feature the statues of the greatest Americans to ever live. From this night, and from this magnificent place, let us go forward united in our purpose and rededicated in our resolve.
we will raise the next generation of American patriots. We will write the next thrilling chapter of the American adventure. And we will teach our children to know that they live in a land of legends, that nothing can stop them, and that no one can hold them down. They will know that in America, you can do anything, you can be anything, and together, we can achieve anything. This has been a great honor for the First Lady and myself to be with you. I love your state. I love this country. I'd like to wish everybody a very happy 4th of July. To all, God bless you. God bless your families. God bless our great military. And God bless America. Thank you very much. Wow. Wow. Just powerful, powerful stuff from President Trump at Mount Rushmore on the 4th of July. Uh, the speech that he gave out there. Uh, it was amazing. It was probably his greatest speech that he's ever given. Uh, he he covered all the points. That obviously that was just a clip, uh, some snippets. the The entire speech was roughly about forty five minutes or so, uh, but he did cover a lot of things. Um, he covered the Declaration of Independence and how an important of a document it was. Probably the one of the most important documents of our uh, nation. He he spoke about the fact that we need to educate our children on the history of America because as as we all know, if you do not know your history, you're bound to repeat it. And he spoke on that uh, for several minutes that we need to make sure our children, the future generations of this country, know about the history as to not repeat the mistakes that we made in the past of this country. He he listed the great Americans, almost the endless list of Americans that have been great, done great things from Andrew Jackson all the way to Frank Sinatra and Elvis Presley. Um, and then he did probably the greatest thing that I think he could have done, and that's he announced that they will have a national garden which will house statues of some of those great Americans that we've had. And we have a list so far. I'm hoping that they add to it. Um, they don't know exactly where it's going to be yet. Um, they They are, you know doing that as we speak but so far the list of statues that they are going to erect there at the national garden are john adams susan b anthony clara barton daniel boone joshua lawrence chamberlain henry clay davy crockett frederick Douglass, amelia Earhart, benjamin franklin billy graham alexander hamilton thomas jefferson martin luther king jr abe lincoln Douglas MacArthur, Dolly Madison, James Madison, Krista McAuliffe, Audie Murphy, George S. Patton, Ronald Reagan, Jackie Robinson, Betsy Ross, uh, Antonin Scalia, Harriet Beecher Stowe, Harriet Tubman, Booker T. Washington, George Washington, and the Wright brothers, Orville and Wilbur Wright. That's a great list. That's a great list. I'm a little bit put off by the fact that he is not going to re-erect some of the statues that have been defaced and tore down by Black Lives Matter and the Antifa protests um, that are supposed to be erected to teach us about our history and what not to repeat. Um, those like uh, Ulysses S. Grant... Uh, Robert E. Lee, some of those statues that, while they might not have been great morally, they were great in the history of our country because without them, we wouldn't be here where we are today. Um, they That's what statues are intended for, is to teach us that although... Some of these people might not be morally good 
or right, they have a spot in our history. They are important to our history. Because if you if you completely white out the Civil War, then you completely white out any history that shows what not to go back to. And that's what we're going to end up reverting back to the bad points of history because our future generations aren't going to know what not to do. That's why the Jewish community as a whole in Germany not only kept Auschwitz, the concentration camp, erected, they updated it and turned it into a monument and museum to to show the future generations how horrible a history can be and what not to do in the future what to avoid doing in the future and i think that the left should really take a look at that and think on that because that is a fact it if you do not know your history you are bound to repeat it and i think that's the greatest quote that anybody ever said and that was winston churchill who who said that and i think that that's something that we're leading into if we don't watch out what we're doing if we continue to white out any race or in this case black out any race our history we are going to repeat it so Trump went from arguably the greatest speech he's ever given um, since being president to tweeting about non-school stuff uh, like Bubba Wallace and NASCAR. He, he tweeted on July 6th, Has Bubba Wallace apologized to all those great NASCAR drivers and officials who came to his aid, stood by his side, and were willing to sacrifice everything for him only to find out the whole thing was just another hoax? That and flag decision has caused lowest ratings ever. I, I'm torn because there are two two sides to Trump. There's there's good Trump, and then there's still good Trump, but making stupid decisions. Trump, and this falls into the second category because while I agree, it's good for him to uh, stand behind not, you know, faking race crime hoaxes. I I gotta say I'm not a fan of when he goes out of his way to troll just for the sake of trolling. I think what happens is, is that he runs out of material, gets a little bored, and just pops off with tweets. And that's never a good thing. Um... He needs to stick to what he does best, and that's firing back at people that attack him. Um, it's not a great look for him to fire off at people who aren't really a big target for him. Bubba Wallace is a laughingstock. He, it's been proven over the last couple of weeks. Yes, NASCAR, the ratings have dropped horribly. Uh, that's why this last Sunday they... Uh, had a, I guess, a Trump 2020 car because they were, they're trying, they're, they're grasping at straws to pull back some of the fans that they've lost over this whole hoax thing with Bubba Wallace, the flag decision with, with the Confederate flag, which I, again, I don't watch NASCAR. Just like I said last week, I don't watch NASCAR. NASCAR is not a thing for me anymore. I haven't watched it in years, but I don't think that Trump should be firing off at people that aren't a big target. He needs to stick to what he does best, and that's firing off at the at the people that attack him personally. Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff, uh, Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, the, the radical left, and, and leave the little fish to Twitter. Leave them for his base to, to, to eat up. Because that's what happened to Bubba Wallace. He got ate up by... Everybody who's moderate to conservative. And I don't think that Trump should be bothering with that. I do like the petty Trump. I like when he makes the, the sl slight jabs at people. But I think that he could be more well-versed at sticking to the big targets. 
personally, I think that his press secretary, Kaylee, should probably do all the talking for him. In honesty, I, I listened to a clip of her at the press briefing yesterday, and I mean, this this woman is a, she's a fiery, spunky one, and I think that that's great because it it helps with him because everybody can attack Trump, and he's just going to, He's going to pop back and it's going to be no big deal. With Kaylee, it's a little harder because the the people don't want to fire back too much because then it, it hurts them with the with the attacking a woman prospect. So I think Kaylee should do most all the talking. I think he could still do a little bit, but I think that unless it's like a drastic speech that he needs to give or he needs to address, I think Kaylee should really do most of his talking. Uh, I'll play the clip right quick just so you can hear it. She's, I mean, on point, mic drop, boom. And I'm a little dismayed that I didn't receive one question on the deaths that we got in this country this weekend. I didn't receive one question about New York City shootings doubling for the third straight week and over the last seven days, shootings skyrocket by 142%. Not one question. I didn't receive one question about five children who were killed. And I'll leave you with this remark by a dad, it broke my heart. A dad of an eight-year-old lost in Atlanta this weekend. They say Black Lives Matters. You killed a child. She didn't do nothing to nobody was his quote. We need to be focused on securing our streets, making sure no lives are lost because all black lives matter. That of David Dorn and that of this eight-year-old girl. Thank you. Kaylee Mack with the mic drop. Boom. I I just, I she is a firecracker and I love it. I think she's the greatest press secretary he's had. I think she will be the greatest press secretary of, of my generation. She is, she is just no words to describe how she just, she rips through these, these idiots in the media when they ask her multiple times the same question. Uh, she just, she, she hits them, she hits them, she hits them, and then she just walks off the stage. It's great. So. That's about all the time that I have. I ran a little bit longer this this week than last week. I'm hoping to get it, you know, to a stable time frame. Um, I'm looking at probably about the same as this one from now on. Hopefully, 45 minutes to an hour. Um, hope that's probably all you can stand of hearing me. But um, before I go, in celebration of the Fourth of July that just passed a few days ago, I want to leave you with. I said Trump gave his greatest speech at Mount Rushmore on the 4th of July, but it was edged out just barely by another presidential speech on the 4th of July, and I think it's the greatest presidential speech to ever be given. Uh, it was back in 1996, and it was on the 4th of July. It was when President Whitmore, <laughs> it was the speech that he gave before he led the great United States military, the Air Force, into battle against those dastardly aliens when he was alongside Randy Quaid, Will Smith, and Jeff Goldblum. Here is President Whitmore in the greatest presidential speech ever. Good morning. In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world. And you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind, that word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interest. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July. And you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution. But from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live. To exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday. But as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night, 
We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. Ooh, gives me chills every time I hear it. But you know, it it really addresses issues of today, even way back in 1996. Although it wasn't meant to, it has. We've kind of came full circle with that. He said, mankind. That word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interests. That that almost could be super relevant in 2020. It, it, it was ahead of its time, really. Although they were facing alien annihilation, but we're fighting the same thing today, but it's our own mankind that is fighting against us. It's a right and left. It's a, a black and white. It's a conservative and liberal. It, it's coming full circle. And I think that those last words could really help to solidify today. Maybe maybe we should all re-watch that speech and think about it. He said, we're fighting for our right to live, to exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night, we will not vanish without a fight, we're going to live on, we're going to survive. I think we should all listen to that speech and take heed to that message. I appreciate all the support and I look forward to gaining new listeners every week. Have a great week and until next time on the Johnny Ray Show.